Hi, I'm Chukudum. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. This episode, we're going to discuss revived religion built a stronghold in the mind of believers that God chastises us with either sickness, diseases, poverty, or one thing or the other, one of the tools of the enemy. We're going to look at the scripture today and by God's grace, we're going to see that God doesn't do such things. Yeah, maybe in the Old Covenant, he chastised the Israelites when they went a warring, when they discountenanced the covenant they had with him, and he sent nations from the east to destroy them, to defeat them in battle and all that. But in the New Testament, God doesn't do that. Let me show you some scriptures on that. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 30, he said, All your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of your iniquities, because your sin has increased. Because he laid it down clearly for them in Deuteronomy 28. You do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, all of these consequences will accrue to you because you disobeyed my word. And that's what he meant. He said, all their lovers, meaning the other gods, they worshipped in place of Jehovah, the almighty God. And another scripture I'm going to read for you is Proverbs 19 verse 18. The Bible says, chastening your son while there is still hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. No father wants to destroy his child. So he said, chastening while there is still hope, use the word on him. Instruct him. Give him instruction. Show him the path, way of those that will go against us, those instructions. This is what will happen to them. I.e., these are the consequences of not doing this. And the Bible says in verse 20, Listen to counsel and receive instruction. Listen to counsel and, re- and receive instruction that you may be wise in your let- later days. That is chastening. The giving of instruction to ensure that one have a better day. So what now happened? What is the turning point from the old now to the new where we are currently living in? The turning point was prophesied by Isaiah. He says something in verse 53 verse 5, he said, For he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. So, God chastised Christ for us so that today we will not be chastised by him. Jesus has taken the payment. He has borne the brunt of our sins so that today we will not bear it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus could not have been anointed by God so that he can destroy the works of the enemy and God will go behind his back and use those tools of the enemy, sickness, disease, poverty and all that on us, his children. It doesn't work that way. God is just, God is consistent. God is consistent. He said something in Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. He said, who gave himself our sins, talking about Christ, that he might deliver us from this present evil world 
according to the will of God the Father. So it is God's will for us to be free of sickness, disease, and all that. So God cannot use those things on us as chastisement to teach us a lesson. It's not possible. It is not consistent with the nature of God. I'm going to give you more scriptures. Remember, this is rightly dividing the word of truth. We're going to be reading a lot of scriptures in this entire series. So you will have your faith hinged on the word, not on man's words. Because some of these strongholds that we are turning down and breaking down and breaking into shreds, and breaking into pieces and tearing them into shreds, we are built by religious leaders. So you need to use the word to counter it. It is the word that will tear down those strongholds of the mind, to be honest with you, not the power of God. It is the word that will tear those strongholds down. More scriptures. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, He will sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Amplify said the reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the work the devil has done. So Jesus was sent to undo what Satan has done. So there is no way God will use the tools of the enemy to undo what Jesus has come to undo. It is, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, my brothers and my sisters. But the rainbow scriptures for you. James chapter 1 verse 17 said, Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So anything in your life that is killing, destroying, and stealing from you, according to John 10:10, 10, 10, is from the enemies, from the thief, is from Satan. So God cannot borrow tools, God cannot borrow the tools of Satan to use them on his sons and daughters. More scriptures for you. Okay, not tired yet. The third John 2 says. Behold, I pray, beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. That is the will of God. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to have the mind that will be at peace and equilibrium. He won't do anything to distort that equilibrium in you. He won't. He's the enemy that does that. One scripture's coming up. <laughs> Revelation 3 verse 19, the end of the Bible says something. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, as many, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. So chastening is rebuking. So when God instructs you to do this or do that, he's rebuking you. So right now in the new covenant, we have 66 books of rebuke. We have 66 books of chastening. So that when we go through those books, we imbibe the instructions of those books then we have been chastened of God. The last and final scripture before we delve into the study today is in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi 3, verse 6. This is what God is saying to you. He said, I am God. I do not change. So you sons of Jacob, you sons of Israel, you members of my body, you believers, Christians, will not be consumed. Join me on the other side as we go in depth in this study, casting down every stronghold by rightly dividing the word of truth. See you on the other side.
Hi, welcome back. Now, the scripture where this um, doctrine was formed from or formed upon is in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 5 says something. The Bible says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Verse 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse 7 now says, If you endure chastening, God this with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, and then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, verse 9, we have, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we pay them respect, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and leave? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless afterwards. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. There's entire scripture in context that this teaching was built on. Now, if you go to verse 9, he said, Hey, for you to understand this, you need to understand how fathers chasing their kids. How fathers chasing their kids. And based on that too, let's draw inference from that. Will a father choose to afflict his son, his daughter, with sickness? Let's say cancer. Let's say diabetes. Let's say some blood sickness or the other. One funny disease, maybe a contagious one, because he wants his son, his daughter, learn something? Will a human father do that? Think about that. God does not use the tools of the enemy. God does not use tools to kill, to destroy, or to steal. So he can teach his children, his children something. God doesn't do that. God is a God of love. Yes, he's also a God of justice and judgment. But God will not judge you with the tools of the enemy. God will not teach you something with the tools of the enemy. He doesn't do that. He won't do that because it is not consistent with his nature. 
God is a God of judgment and justice to his enemies, not to his children. To his children, he's a God of love. Yeah, so what would you say then, Pastor, if when somebody is going through a lot of stuff that will kill him, that will destroy him, that will steal something, maybe his health or something from him, because he did something wrong. That is not from God. The Bible has made it clear that if you break the hedge, you break the hedge, the serpent will bite. It's a principle. It had us to do with God doing that. You break the hedge, the serpent will bite. Just like the fall of man. You say that God that made man fall? No. Adam chose disobedience and the consequence of his action kicked in. God didn't do that because God has already told him. Gave him option A, gave him option B. Told him what will happen if he chooses option B because he was already enjoying the advantages of choosing option A. So he chose B, the consequences rolled out. It has nothing to do with God. The same thing people also talk about when they talk about Job. That's also one, one of the doctrines and we're going to talk about in one of the episodes. So make sure you subscribe to my channel. We'll talk about Job. And when we talk about that, I'm going to show you clearly from the Bible, the hedge Job broke. It was written clearly in the Bible. He broke that hedge. And the Bible said, a serpent will bite if you do. That is totally different from what we are discussing today about God's chastening. God does not use the whip of the devil on his children. God has his own whip. And he talked about the whip in this chapter. When somehow, it was overlooked. And <laughs> a, a, a doctrine was built outside context that is why i keep saying whenever you want to look at this a verse take it in context not just take it only in context also there are two or three witnesses that will support that doctrine if not throw it out it's not from god it's not from god so what 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 is the tool that God uses to chasten us. Verse 5 stated it clearly. Verse 5 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation. The exhortation. The exhortation. You have forgotten my word, my instructions, my command, my directives, which, which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged, discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Don't forget the chastening of the Lord 
what is the chastening of the Lord when you are rebuked, rebuked by him? He's talking about words, instruction. Later he also called it exhortation. When you go against God's word, God's instruction, God's laid down principles, then you have broken the hedge. And the consequence of breaking the hedge is that a serpent will creep in or crawl in and bite. So don't say that the serpent coming to bite with his with his uh, poison or venom of killing, stealing and destroying sickness, disease, poverty and lack is God's chastening. No, it's not. God has already chastened us with 66 books which you carry every day. So he's telling you, don't ignore his word. Don't ignore his chastening. God's word is his chastening. God's instruction is his chastening. God's commandments are his chastening. We in the world, I mean, the world is the way it is today because God gave Adam a clear chastening. In Genesis chapter 2, he said, hey, this tree, see, I've given everything here for food, but see this one, this one, that is chastening, that is rebuke, that is exhortation. See this one, the knowledge of good, of, 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 of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat it. Don't eat it. That instruction is chastening. The consequence of your ignoring that instruction is not chastening. This is where we missed it. This is where we missed it. And we've built a doctrine on the result of your ignoring chastening as chastening. No. It's written clearly in verse 5 where this doctrine <laughs> was built on. Clearly, at the beginning of the talk, somehow we missed it. And that is part of the wiles, the strategies of the enemy. See, Satan has been defeated. He has been destroyed. He has been dethroned. He has been disarmed. He can do nothing to you, child of God. But if you step out of covering, let's assume that there's a there's a there's a a part of town that is notorious for burglary, and you live in that part of town, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm a believer, I've got angels guarding me, beautiful, and that is the truth, right? And you choose not to lock your door, not to put some security measures in place you go out of your house to work in the morning you leave your door wide open and you claim that god and angels are on guard what do you think will happen when you get back home that's the exact thing satan tried to get jesus to do in the wilderness say hey john didn't the bible say this and that that the angels will come and bear you upon your wings and what did jesus say to him 
See, Satan quoted the scripture, but he took it out of context. Jesus said, hey, Jesus, who also have understanding of the nature of God, he, and also have divided the world rightly, told him, say, see, do not tempt thy Lord, your God. Why? Jumping out of that cliff will have consequences because you are breaking a principle of God. You are breaking a chastening of God, which states, do not tempt the Lord your God. That is chastening. That is chastening. Jesus knew that. So if he said, eh, let me do it. After all, I'm God. After all, I'm endued with power of the Holy Ghost. What do you think will happen? He's going to break his bones. And you say, oh, it's God that, is, that God is chastening him by breaking his bones. No. God has already chastened him. He chose to ignore the exhortation. He chose to forget. Verse 5 says forget the exhortation. That's why Jesus did ministry for three and a half years. We're prepared for it for 30 years. 10 years for every year of ministry. And the Bible gave us a glimpse of how he prepared when he was 12. The Bible said he went to the temple, sat with the scribes, and they were doing what? Teaching him the chastening of the Lord, the word of the Lord. He was asking them questions and they were, you know, he was going back and forth. They would ask them questions, they would answer. What was he doing? He was having deep fellowship with the chastening of the Lord. So he will not forget it. He will not forget it. God will never use the tools of the enemy to chase them off. There are a lot of paradigms that we need to shift. Never forget what the Bible says in Corinthians. It says, see, casting down every stronghold that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And I've discovered that in most of these strongholds, we are not built by this enemy. They were built from our pulpits. So join me in this whole series. And I trust God at the end of the day, they're going to be a giant of faith. See you.